It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today uh, by none other than Paul Wadlington of Inside Texas, uh, one of the voices of, of Texas football uh, throughout the years on Inside Texas. Uh, Paul, uh, welcome to the show. We, this is our maiden voyage, new background, new uh, fangled tricks we got going on with our uh, uh, background here at uh, On Texas Football. Thanks for being a part of it. Hey, my pleasure. Loving it. Let's do the uh, I'll be your guinea pig. We'll see how it goes. Well, I was your guinea pig earlier in the week. I don't know if people heard the podcast uh, about Paul and I, uh, what we did, but uh, we went through my career on his podcast and I felt like the guinea pig. I felt like you were poking around trying to see what holes you could find in Bobby Burton, but I hope people enjoyed that. And uh, I enjoyed it, Paul. It was good talking to you about it. Yeah, it was fun. And, uh, you know, your wife's a little upset that you've been talking to me more than her the last week, but, uh, you know, hopefully you can do something nice for her. Yeah, we'll get it taken care of. All right. She uh, she is she is um, one of those people that understands what it means on on Saturdays uh, that I'm a football fan. She likes football, but not not the way I do. And and that sort of thing. I know a lot of us uh, that are big Texas football fans or college football and pro football fans uh, have to have that uh, in our lives. Otherwise, we'd be on the short end of the stick almost Saturdays. Uh, Paul, uh, talking today, what we want to really go over. Uh, are the quarterback spots in the Big 12. Uh, not only are we going to talk about Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers, uh, we're going to also uh, mention uh, what we would call the, the quarterback battles uh, other, than Har- uh, other than Card and Ewers that are going on in the Big 12. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about uh, some of the new transfers and exactly what we think uh, they bring to the table uh, as well. Uh, but before I do any of that, I want to promote something that you've created uh, that I think is just absolutely wonderful. It's called Thinking Texas Football. Uh, and I'm going to let you uh, do the honors here and explain to people what exactly it is that you brought uh, to market here, Paul, because I think there's nothing else like it. Uh, and I, I'm just, I really, really enjoyed the read. Well, thank you, Bobby. I really appreciate that. And thanks for the opportunity. Uh, this is the 10th, my 10th year doing it. And there it is in all of its glory on Amazon right now. If you want the paperback edition, that's where you go buy it. It's 150 pages. Every player, every position group, every unit uh, for the Texas Longhorns, comprehensive reviews and previews of every Longhorn opponent, including the non-con, of course. And then there's a comprehensive breakdown of the entire Big 12. I also have a bunch of other value-add stuff in there. Eric Nalin was kind enough to write a recruiting section, which is fantastic, including an essay about how Texas was able to land Arch Manning well worth the time and well worth the read. And then finally, it has amazing photography from none other than Will Gallagher of Inside Texas from Gallagher Studios. He's a phenomenal visual artist and the book absolutely pops. You can see the cover there. There's Bijan and all his glory. And it gives you some idea of, of his photographic eye. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of the preview. It's a labor of love. It's a little bit of a boutique item. It's, it's not gonna appeal to the person who's just sort of a passive fan. If, if you're a burnt orange, uh, passion, passionate fan, you got to have this. And, uh, 
it's something that I think is also, I just think it's the best thing on, on the market. I'm obviously biased, but if you go read the reviews, you can see a bunch of them there on Amazon. You can also read them on Apple. You can also read them on Smashwords. That's where you should get the book if you are a Kindle reader. Just go to Smashwords. It's an easy download and conversion. And then finally, if you love the book and you are not yet a member of Inside Texas, Bobby, there is a promo code in the book. There's an Easter egg for the uh, readers, which if you use, you can get $50 off for a one-year membership at Inside Texas, which is, in our humble opinion, the very best conversation on Longhorn sports and, frankly, sports in general. If you're not a member of Inside Texas, what the hell are you doing? Go join right now and do it through this book. You're going to save 50 bucks. That tagline you have uh, in, in the uh, description of the book, the burnt orange Bible, I think that that's accurate. Uh, and you're right. Um, look, I've been uh, a guy that uh, has uh, participated in, written, uh, and uh, managed preseason annuals for uh, two or three decades. This is the only one that you'll get from a Texas viewpoint that literally has enough substance. It, like Dave Campbell's is great. Don't get me wrong, but it's about high school football and you get a little bit of Texas, University of Texas stuff. This is exclusively University of Texas and it is uh, it's a whale of a read. Uh, I, I hope you uh, are having success with it, Paul. I know your 10th year. Uh, it is a labor of love. Uh, also, uh, you know, Paul, the thing that I want to talk about next is part of that process in your book uh, was, you know, Quinn Ewers versus Hudson Card. And the Longhorn quarterback situation is very interesting in that you have a, a guy in, in Hudson Card who earned the starting spot a year ago in the fall over Casey Thompson, started the first couple of games, imploded uh, kind of in Arkansas, but the entire team imploded, not just uh, Hudson, then sat most of the rest of the year before coming back and playing late in the season in some mop-up duty. Uh, but uh, you have him, so he's he's actually an incumbent of sorts, even with Casey Thompson transferring out to Nebraska. But you, then you have the golden boy, Quinn Ewers, you know, and this is the nation's number one ranked quarterback from uh, the 2021 class, uh, signed with Ohio State originally, uh, ended up only going uh, to uh, Ohio State for a, C for a semester before transferring back to Texas. Then he had that scintillating uh, spring game at times. The deep ball to Isaiah Nayor was just one of several passes uh, that I think we all uh, got excited about, Paul. You, you know, talk about these two guys and where you think they are as we approach practice, which starts next Thursday. I mean, they are on the field in Austin starting Thursday. Yeah, and I can't wait. As much as I love talking to you, I, I'm ready for the talking season to end and for the, for the pads to come on and for, for the plastic to start popping. Uh, hey, I, I think the good news is Hudson Card is going to be a better quarterback this year than he was last year. And I think if Quinn Ewers beats him out, I think that's going to be a good thing because it means he beat out an improved player. I think this is a legitimate battle, clearly. I don't think Sark wants to tip his hand either direction. Uh, I think there's some, I think because of legitimate competition, but I also think because, yeah, he doesn't really need a guy uh, transferring out in early August or, or losing uh, focus because there's, there's not great depth or great options behind those two guys quite yet. So yeah, we'll, not quite yet. Yeah, comes along, but not quite there. And look, in terms of the, the breakdown, 
I, I think that you saw a pretty good indication of what quarter both quarterbacks bring to the game in that spring game. You know, Hudson Card, very good in the intermediate game, good velocity, good zip, good pre-snap recognition. I think he particularly excels in hurry up. I think the more the offense resembles where he really uh, grew as a quarterback first, at, at like Travis, right, being converted from a wide receiver to quarterback while he waited his time, they really run a, a good spread, wide open, hurry up offense. You make a quick pre-snap read, you get the ball out, and you're on the ball again, and you go get them. I think Hudson really feels comfortable doing that. Throws beautiful RPOs. He could fit it in tight, tight windows. He really struggled, frankly, with the deep ball, particularly the deep ball outside the hashes. You finally saw him connect late in the season, and then he has a season-ending injury against West Virginia right when he's starting to show a little bit of progress. So who knows, but I have a feeling that his progress is going to continue where it left off at West Virginia. Steve Sarkeesian, an outstanding quarterback developer. He's proven it time and time again at every stop with a multitude and variety of quarterbacks. You know, I understand people think that Steve Sarkeesian prefers a Matt Leiner, uh, uh, you know, he prefers, you know, Matt Sanchez, the classic quote unquote, classic NFL dropback quarterback, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, you know what? Tua Tagovailoa. He's obviously had Keith Price, who he maximized at Washington. Not a very talented quarterback, Bobby, but he really maximized that guy. And, you know, Steve Sarkeesian is a good quarterback developer. So Hudson's going to get better. Then, as you said, the golden boy, our our first golden boy. We we have another golden boy coming in Arch Manning. Uh, Quinn Ewers, I mean, you see him, you see him throw the ball, it's effortless. And you can throw from every angle. Uh, he's, he's more than willing to take a hit to, to deliver a, a clean ball to a receiver who breaks open downfield. He's much more athletic than people think. And uh, I don't think he's going to be a running quarterback. He's not going to no, but he can move around in the pocket. He has a good sense of the pocket. And, you know, if it's third and eight and they're dropping eight. He'll go run for eight yards. That's not a problem for him. So I think the question for Quinn Ewers is the guy hasn't played college football. So, Everything we're projecting into him is, frankly, our opinion. And our opinion's not going to really matter when the Alabama Crimson Tide come rolling into town. And he's got, you know, freaking Dallas Turner and Will Anderson coming off the edge, two NFL first-round draft picks. And he's got to get the ball delivered on time against the Alabama secondary that's got four seniors and a junior and uh, three of the seniors are fifth-year and six-year players. Uh, you know, this is a loaded Alabama defense, and whoever's the starting quarterback, we're going to find out a lot about them early and often in early September. Well, I think Steve Sarkeesian, that's without question. I mean, his play calling in that game has to protect the quarterback at some level because you just talked about those two defensive ends uh, or rush guys for Alabama, they're not just first-rounders, Paul. They're both top-five picks. Yeah. I mean, they're talking about Will Anderson going one overall. Um, all right. So I, I did have a couple things to comment on this and see. I want to get your take on it briefly. One is, I, I hear you on that no huddle, hurry up, and the, the stuff. Ewers had the same thing in high school, right? Um, Riley Dodge comes from that kind of uh, background as well at, up at South Lake Carroll. He's done that. The thing that that I felt like last year, Kate, uh, Hudson Carr really, really had problems with in comparison to Casey Thompson. And then again, I saw a little bit of it in the spring game. 
I don't like necessarily how Hudson Card is in the pocket. Uh, he feels like he gets a little happy feet, doesn't really have a great feel for the pocket. Maybe it's getting better, to your point, and that's what you really mentioned, right? Um, I, I feel like we're sitting here looking at it, and that may be the one thing that separates Card from yours, even beyond just the ability with the deep ball. Yeah, Bobby, I agree. That's what I mentioned, the early recognition. You know, I think Hudson likes pre-snap reads. I don't think he likes post-snap reads when it goes to option two, three, and four. I, I understand, look, any quarterback coming out of the state of Texas is going to play in some sort of spread system. But what I saw from Quinn Ewers, albeit in very limited snaps, but I certainly saw it in high school, is he has good he has a good feel. He has a good ability to go through progressions and he's pretty patient in the pocket and he moves laterally and, and backwards and forwards in an understanding of the pocket while he keeps his eyes downfield. You know, dropping your eyes is, is a big problem for NFL quarterbacks, much less college quarterbacks. Boy, Quinn Ewers keeps his eyes downfield and he feels the pressure. He feels the pocket. And that's what you want from your quarterback. Very difficult to teach that. I think you sort of have it or you don't, or you gain it from experience. I agree with you 100%. When Hudson Card doesn't see it early, he doesn't see that RPO read, right? Uh, boy, it, 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 it looks like he doesn't quite make that shift to what's my plan two, what's my plan three. He escapes right almost yes. every time, ends up sh uh, making it half the field, and it's just limited limited uh, play options from there. Hey, uh, uh, that, I, I feel like we people know the, the card versus yours piece. I think we went a little bit deeper than maybe we have in the past, and that's good. Um, but, you know, the other thing I want to talk about, you know, Texas is not the only um, Big 12 quarterback competition this year. Um, we've also got quarterback competitions at Texas Tech, at TCU, um, Baylor decided their quarterback competition in the spring. Um, but let, let's talk a little bit about those competitions uh, and what you think of them, Paul. Yeah, let me let me set up Texas Tech because it's it's an interesting competition. And if you lined up all the Big 12 quarterbacks in a room and said, you know, grab two quarterbacks, you haven't seen them play. The two guys competing at Tech might be the guys you grab first just based on their body and how they look. That's Tyler Shuck, who's the former Oregon transfer who started for Tech last year. He was injured against Texas, actually, in game four and missed really the rest of the season. His replacement was Donovan Smith. Donovan Smith was actually a guy at Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas, a powerhouse program, who transferred into Woeforth Friendship right outside of Lubbock. And I think his dad got hired by the Red Raiders. And Donovan is about 6'5", 230, looks great, um, has – Certainly some real physical ability. Tyler Shuck, big six foot five, 230 pound guy, big arm. You see him and you go, wow, that's a quarterback. Same for Donovan Smith. The thing about Shuck is he's not yet demonstrated the sort of feel that you want with the quarterback position. He has a great arm, but he seems to recognize things a little late. Uh, he likes receivers to break open, then he throws the ball instead of anticipating. Uh, and that's Don what I want to ask you, Paul. Go ahead. That, this is what I want to ask you. How does Zach Kitley, the new offensive coordinator, tie into that? Like, which, which one of those guys fit him more, do you think? 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Could be neither. You know, ultimately, Kitley's guy might not yet be here. That said, I think Kitley is an offensive genius, and he's going to be just fine, uh, even with, you know, a, a limited quarterback in, fo- in terms of field recognition. Donovan Smith doesn't have enough reps for us to fully opine yet, though. He did start several games for the Red Raiders last year, and he quitted himself really well. Uh, now, he really struggled with the top-end defenses in the Big 12, who didn't. But, uh, you know, if you watch the Oklahoma State game for Donovan Smith, which I had a, a chance to review before this, uh, you know, he looked like a freshman quarterback trying to struggle through against a really good defense and a, and a D.C. who got dialed in on him pretty quick. I think it's a legitimate competition. I think Kitley's going to start the guy who has better feel. It's not going to be the guy with necessarily the superior physical tools. Truth is, they're both 6'5", 230, and they have big arms. So that's not a problem. Uh, here's a little Easter egg. We talked about the Easter egg promo code. If you buy the Texas preview and for inside Texas to get you a year at 50% off. If you're looking to play college fantasy football and you're looking for a late draft pick who might catch 90 balls, <laughs> Miles Price, the slot receiver for the Red Raiders. Uh, Zach Kitley runs his offense through the slot. And uh, that guy's guaranteed to get 10 targets a game. So little Easter egg for y'all. All right. Hey, what about the TCU race? Uh, Sonny Dykes goes to the uh, Fort Worth over from the Hilltop in in Dallas. Uh, Now we know he loves to throw the ball. Uh, He's got a wide open offense, downhill running game. Uh, It is Max Dugan versus Chad Morris's son. What, what, What are your thoughts there? Yeah, Max Duggan and Chandler Morris. You know, you would think the incumbent would just get the nod. The fact is, Dykes had them both taking equal first-team reps in the spring. And that was for a reason. You know, Chandler Morris, physically, you know, we talked about Tyler Shuck and Donovan Smith. You know, they kind of look like a quarterback. Chandler Morris is all of 5'11", 175 pounds. Uh, That said, that is the guy, when he did get into the game, uh, he led TCU to an upset over the Baylor Bears. uh, Threw for 461 yards. uh, Hit several deep balls against the Bears. Dave Aranda was not ready for what, for what uh, Mr. Morris was bringing in that game. And, uh, you know, how tip to that guy. Now, a little bit of the, the luster got lost when he started the next week against Oklahoma State, and they kind of handed him his hat. But they were also ready for him, and they were ready for the change in the offense. Max Duggan, he's got a ton of starts. He's a very experienced guy. He's very tough. He's a good runner, capable runner. He has a good arm. He's just not always accurate. He's not always reliable. He's a career 58% passer, Bobby. Now, when you and I first started following football, that wasn't so bad. But nowadays, with all the easy candy and the screen game and RPOs, if you're not well over 60%, you probably have an accuracy problem. And that's what Max Duggan has. I think Dykes has these guys as co-starters. He's going to go with the hot hand, and that guy is going to go and continue to, to keep the job the entire year. I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think he's going to find his guy and then then work it uh, until he can't work it anymore. Uh, I do believe that Morris and his build may have problems if they can't protect him. Uh, you know, I think that's that's one. 
And that leads me into this. Oklahoma Sooners uh, have, uh, we mentioned at the outset that I wanted to talk about a couple of the players that are uh, kind of star, possible stars in their new offenses that are uh, transfers. Dylan Gabriel, left-hander out of Central Florida, transferred uh, to Oklahoma this spring. Uh, he is tailor-made for Jeff Levy's offense, in my opinion. Really throws the ball well, especially the deep ball. The folks that I've talked to uh, think he's uh, really got a chance to, to make the Sooners' offense go in uh, Jeff Levy and, and Brent Venable's first year there. What is your takeaway on Dylan Gabriel, Paul? So I went to school on Dylan Gabriel uh, big time right before I wrote my preview. I went and watched a bunch of UCF games, um, even pulled some of his old huddle from high school. Do you know where Dylan Gabriel went to high school, Bobby? Was it? I No, I don't. I've got I a hint. I don't. It's on my sweatshirt. Huh? I, I knew he was Hawaiian, but I didn't know where. Where, where, in, where at? Mililani. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a good athletic school in Honolulu. But he – Came from the islands to UCF and kicked ass there. 70 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, five to one touchdown to interception ratio. He takes great care of the ball. And here's the thing about him that, that his physicality belies. He's 5'11", 185, Bobby. You mentioned that, that stature. He's a good deep ball thrower. And I don't just mean his arm is strong enough. I mean, he has great touch, great feel. He throws fades beautifully. He throws fly routes beautifully. He throws deep posts beautifully. He sees the field. He's really good at finding windows and keeping his vision down the field. He has a reputation as a dual threat quarterback. Not really. You know, he's mobile. He can certainly run. He's, he's agile. He doesn't want to run. He wants to throw a 70-yard touchdown. He doesn't want to run for 11 yards and get hit. So I think he's the best quarterback in the Big 12. And I think OU really lucked into getting him. That said, I think OU is going to have some deficiencies that people are not factoring in the offensive line. I think they take a little bit of a step back in wide receiver versus what they're traditionally used to, including tight end, which is part of it including their traditional H-back role, which is kind of a secret to the Lincoln-Riley offenses that help make it go. I think they're going to have to involve Dylan Gabriel a little bit in the running game if they really want to be able to run the ball the way that Venables wants to. And when you do that, there's an inherent risk to that, particularly when your quarterback's all of 185 pounds. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I've, I've felt for a while now that – he is the most experienced, best quarterback in the league, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that that experience does count for uh, something, especially when you've been su successful with that experience. He wasn't a poor player where he was, right? Um, all right, let's move on to Adrian Martinez uh, out of Kansas State, uh, the new quarterback there. He obviously, uh, I think he started for four years at Nebraska, did not have as much success as Gabriel uh, but the Huskers as a whole uh, did not have as much success living in the Big Ten like UCF did in the CUSA. Uh, but what, what are your thoughts of, of Martinez uh, overall? Because I have I have my own uh, feelings on this. I just feel like he is he's a guy that goes one step forward and then one step back in key moments. Right. He's like a he's just one of those quarterbacks that you can't can't always say it at the same time. 
his ability and athleticism is just so apparent. What what are your thoughts there, uh, Paul? He is the Charleston of quarterbacks. It's I can explain that one. It's a dance. One step forward, one step back. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Dating, dating myself, obviously. You don't you don't like those 1920s flappers dance. I was gonna say you're going back to the roaring 20s. What's going on? I don't know. Hey, uh Adrian Martinez, man, talk about a divisive figure in, in the college fan base and the Nebraska fan base. A lot of people were more than happy to, to buy his bus ticket out of Lincoln. And then a lot of people, so I mean, look, here's the basic question. Was Adrian Martinez dragging down Nebraska football or was Nebraska football dragging down Adrian Martinez? And here's the deal. You could find pretty strong evidence for both. And the, the great thing about Adrian Martinez, he's a great athlete. He's 6'2", 220, throws the ball pretty well. He's got a strong arm. Uh, he looks great at times. I've, I've watched him play top flight Big Ten competition, Ohio State. I've watched him light up some of those teams for periods of time. And then to Bobby's point, it's one step forward and about 17 steps backward as a, as a snap goes over his head because he's not looking at the ball. Um, the guy has thrown 30 interceptions and has 30 fumbles in his career at Nebraska. And he has a particular knack. Here's a, a classic Adrian Martinez stat line, right? It's like 18 of 30, 311 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions and two fumbles in the fourth quarter. You know, that is the classic Adrian Martinez stat line. And, you know, this is a guy, Bobby, who has over 8,000 yards passing in his college career. He has over 2,000 yards rushing. He's rushed for 35 touchdowns, Bobby, in, in his four years. I mean, this is a real dual threat quarterback. And Texas fans in that Kansas State offense, they're going to see this dude can run the ball. And with Deuce Vaughn, whoo, he's going to get some opportunities so here's, here's the question. Is Chris Kleiman a better coach than Scott Frost? Because if, because if he is, Adrian Martinez is going to elevate and Kansas State is going to be a real surprise for the entire Big 12. Yeah, I, I, I tend to think that, I tend to think that uh, it'll be interesting to see, and Ian Boyd makes this point, um, it'll be interesting to see with Colin Klein as the offensive coordinator there at Kansas State, just how much power QB power they run that delayed QB draw that Colin Klein just ate Texas's lunch for so long, uh, how much they run uh, with a, with a decent offensive line that he's going to have. Hey, um, I've, we've said all this and talked about all these players. You think Gabriel may be the best quarterback in the big 12. I I don't disagree with you. Um, Where would you put, Texas's group, whoever it may end up being in this group. Um, and what are your expectations as it relates to them? I think they're in the top half of the league. And I think, I think they could be anywhere from two to five, you know, and I think that really depends, you know, does Quinn Ewers win the job? Because I think he has the best upside potentially, I think, but you know, you don't know until he gets out there and plays football. I mean, Look, I think most Texas fans are a little bit tired of the projection, the endless projection of what's going to happen versus the actual results. So let's go see the results. But I think yours has a ton of talent. He certainly has the supporting cast. I think Card has plenty of talent. But, you know, as you said, Bobby, has he demonstrated that feel, that real feel for the game? And I think that's something that Steve Sarkeesian 
he certainly had that as a player, and I think he values it in his quarterbacks. And I want to say this. It's not that Hudson Card doesn't have a feel for the game. I'm talking about an elite feel. Yes. When you have to have it at that position, right? It's There's more feel than us. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not – you and I are on the same page. I'm just trying to explain that you can tell the difference between um, – a guy that really gets it and a guy that gets it 75%. Yeah. And that's really what I'm talking about when I, especially when I talk about pocket presence with the uh, Hudson card. All right, Paul, um, once again, I want to mention your book uh, before we let people go here uh, it really is a tremendous read. It's called thinking Texas football. It's available on in paperback on uh, a Kindle. You can get it a number of different ways. Uh, but, Paul, you did a tremendous job with that. You continue to do a tremendous job uh, at InsideTexas.com where uh, myself, you, uh, Jerry Hamilton, uh, Eric Nalin, Justin Wells, Joe Cook, Ian Boyd, we're all there each and every day uh, covering the Longhorns. Please give us a, a, a chance, if you're not already a subscriber to Inside Texas, by the way, uh, and join our community uh, of fans. We really enjoy talking uh, Texas football with you guys. All right. For Paul Wadlington, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this episode of On Texas Football, 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 of On Texas Football. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.